It's January 24th, 2022, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show, Toyota and Amazon launch new Amazon parts store in the UK. 2022 supply chain issues looking remarkably similar to 2021. Online grocery sales of alcohol to reach almost $2 billion this year, according to new report. Kohl's investor Macellum Capital wants to burn the company down. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains four items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. But first, in our shopping cart full of news, Toyota and Amazon launch new Amazon parts store in the UK. The auto parts market is heating up with Toyota Lexus launching an auto parts shop on Amazon in the UK. Since eBay's acquisition of motors in the early 2000s, as I recall, eBay has been one of the kings of auto parts online, particularly for hard-to-find parts. It's a niche that eBay is particularly well-suited for, and as a result, it's been easier for the company to defend than some other niches like collectibles, sneakers, luxury resale, etc. If Amazon can nail a better payment and delivery experience for common auto parts, there is some chance for it to take share. For long tail, it's harder to challenge eBay. Regardless, this has to be some kind of a wake-up call for eBay, which has never had a fantastic relationship with car manufacturers. Amazon has made tons of progress in the automotive category, and their part finder actually works pretty well now. It took them a while to get that sorted out. Our second story. Supply chain shortages looking remarkably similar to 2021. Well, here we are in 2022 and it looks like the new boss is the same as the old boss. China's zero COVID policy is again causing supply chain disruption and it could continue to get worse if they don't adjust their course. The New York Times recently put out a report that outlines a few points. One, China is home to about a third of the world's manufacturing. Two, Volkswagen and Toyota have already suspended operations due to imposed lockdowns. While we're nowhere near the per capita deaths of previous outbreaks, Omicron is still causing chaos in global supply chains. What's more, visitors to China for the Winter Olympics could exacerbate the situation in the short term. The big question is if China is going to start closing down port cities. This is really the thing that most companies are watching and would create a repeat of last year's for many companies. Most Western companies really have no leverage in the situation, though Apple might be the exception. No leverage means no options within the country. The only solution is to continue exploring alternative manufacturing outside of the country. The short-term effect of this is that companies may accelerate their orders and increase their use of air freight to get around expected challenges this year. Our third story. Online grocery sales of alcohol to reach almost $2 billion this year, according to new report. According to a recent report from Rabobank Research, U.S. online grocery sales are set to skyrocket in the future. A few points to mention here. First, online sales from grocery stores went from $400 million in 2019 to almost $2 billion this year. Second, 10 states have passed laws making it easier to sell alcohol online, with more expected to follow. These laws are being reformed off or often from the Prohibition era, designed to reduce the consumption of a legal product. Finally, wine tends to overperform in e-commerce while beer tends to underperform. Boutique wine brands should take note of this. 
Beyond grocery, there's been consolidation in the alcohol sector generally. Quick commerce operator GoPuff acquired BevMo at the end of 2020 to enter the market. Last year, there was additional activity as Uber Eats acquired Drizzly and online marketplace Reserve Bar acquired online alcohol delivery app Minibar. As a result, wine and beer manufacturers' e-commerce capabilities are typically not advanced. And because they have to work through retailers, distributors, and state or province-based liquor boards, often do not have a direct consumer relationship. Even so, transformation is coming to this industry. Every CPG brand, especially those in the alcohol sector, are affected by direct-to-consumer and last-mile logistics innovations. The reason this is such a hot segment of overall grocery is the margins. Not necessarily product gross margins, which are slightly less than other beverages, but net margins. For quick commerce in particular, it's a product people want and when they need it now, they're willing to pay any convenience fee that the app requires. You can expect to see more innovation here. My advice to companies in the alcohol space is to start with data and technology transformation first. You can have all the strategic plans in the world, but unless you have a comprehensive view of your end consumers, all those plans are going nowhere fast. And our last story. Kohl's investor Macellum Capital wants to burn the company down. Toward the end of last year, we reported on a podcast about how Kohl's was one of the next targets of activist investors looking to split Kohl's e-commerce business from its retail business. That is still on the docket, but as they say, things just got more real. Now, investors want to set the whole house on fire. Maselm Advisors, which owns 5% of the company, issued a new brutal memo to the public and fellow shareholders to put pressure on the company to completely change the composition of the board. According to Maselum, the plan couldn't be simpler. Add experience, retail oversight to the board, and fire the weak CEO and management team so that the company can be transformed. Well, okay, seems simple, right? But to get anyone to listen to them, Maselum Advisors needs a plan that involves a few simple steps. First, Maselum wants the company to admit its past mistakes. There is talk of another lost year where Kohl's is not even comping the right peer set and it's underperforming the market with no discernible plan. Second, Macellum wants the company to find a new consumer value proposition, or CVP. They don't exactly say what that should be, because I'm sure they want the company to foot the bill for the expensive consultants that would make one up for them. Now, you might be wondering, Rick, what is a consumer value proposition? Well, in this case, it's just a fancy marketing term for, we really don't have any idea what the point of Kohl's is anymore. Yeah, that. The third thing the selling advisors wants is more nimble merchandisings. Again, they don't suggest anything specific here, but I'm guessing they think that Colts isn't ahead of consumer trends, and I'm sure they're right. Fourth, the memo mentions more efficient sourcing. Apparently, the company's merchandise sourcing is done through an outside third-party agency. Imagine if you were supposed to be someone like Gordon Ramsay, a Michelin star chef, and you couldn't walk into a market and pick out a ripe avocado or a nice piece of fish on your own. That's basically what they're alleging Kohl's of doing here. Now, while this is common practice in retail, the question is, will retailers survive that can't do this themselves in the future? Finally, Macellum wants the company to break out its e-commerce performance in its financials. This is kind of the hidden gem in the report. The e-commerce split that I mentioned earlier, it's just buried later in the memo. What I gather from this is that investors are asking if there is anything of value here at all. If there is a response from the company, it will likely be to break out this number first. 
So first they came from Saks, and they are definitely coming from Macy's, and now they are coming for Kohl's as well. Oh, and a quick reminder, activist investors usually get what they want. Just remember all those years that Elliott Management pestered poor eBay, particularly Devin Wenig, about selling off more complex pieces of the business. All that happened. To wrap up here, I'll actually close with a direct quote from the presentation of Macellum to get across how serious these investors are. Quote, Motion is not action. Flailing from one failed or poorly executed initiative to another is subterfuge. The company's shareholders lost another year of what could have been material progress in the underlying business. Not again. More changes is needed in the boardroom if Kohl's is to achieve its full potential. End quote. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have four items on the menu today. First, Gradient no-code customer service tool raised $5 million in seed capital from Gradient Ventures. The company's tool plugs into your customer service help desk like Zendesk or Gorgeous or your social channels and tries to save agents from spending hours each day on repetitive responses. One particularly unique thing Zowie does is generate a knowledge base for you rather than having your reps do it on their own. Second, looks like Shipmunk finally announced that Ruby has acquisition. Interesting tidbit that this doubles their warehouse square footage. Congrats to CEO Jan Bednar. Third, digital agency OSF Digital has been on an acquisition spree recently. First, they acquired strategy consulting firm Fit for Commerce run by retail luminary Bernadine Wu who I always thought their claim to fame was their directory booth at the old internet retailer shows. Congrats to Bernadine. OSF has also acquired Salesforce marketing cloud partner Datarati. From reports I've heard, often these agencies get higher valuation multiples by doing nothing more than clearing a $20 million revenue threshold, so likely that's what this is about. And finally, Cart.com announced an acquisition of multi-channel selling solution Seller Active continuing a consolidation in this corner of the market. The thinking seems to be that since Cart.com provides an e-commerce platform and logistics for its merchants, it might as well provide the marketplace plumbing too. With 800 brands on the Seller Active platform, this one will make waves. One more thing. We heard a crazy story last week that FedEx had asked the government to put anti-missile lasers on its planes. Yes, you heard that right. The first thing that went through my mind, perhaps FedEx thought that this would help them shoot down Amazon's planes and give the company a leg up in the market. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Our show is produced by Citizen Racecar. Alex Brower is the producer and also wrote our theme music. The executive producer is David Hoffman. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>